Gobble, gobble, gobble. Happy Turkey Day, everyone. This is episode number 121 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Jesse Wilson. With me is... Eric Walquist, as always. I, yeah, I almost said as always, but then I realized I've been gone two of the last four <laughs> weeks. <laughs> That's true. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Eric has been our stalwart host. Mm-hmm. I've been a little flaky. Just a tiny bit, uh, but always warranted when a baby's involved. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I think we need to let the listener know that uh, you are... What are are you doing right now, Jesse? Well, I'm just wrapping up a uh, multiplayer game of (laughs) Halo 4. Uh I'm flying around in a banshee doing pretty good (laughs) on a killing spree, so... Yeah. What level are you on? I'm casting down. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Are you in Ragnarok? No, thankfully, I'm on Exile, which is my favorite map. So what is your uh, what is your bias against Ragnarok? Because it's basically Blood Gulch. It is Blood Gulch. Yeah. What I don't like about it is that it's so open, and everyone starts with long-range long weaponry now that yeah. basically you just get shot in the head four times and die because there's nothing to hide behind, and it's not very exciting to me. Well, that's life. And also... It's a vehicle-heavy map, and uh, your teammates can get butthurt if you take the Banshee and they wanted it or something like that. So, I don't know. It's frustrating. Yeah, I don't like that they recently turned on Friendly Fire. Yeah, there, there's no Friendly Fire, but you can still get run over by vehicles. Right. But... um they don't penalize you. Like, you can't boot someone out of the game anymore for killing you. Right. So if someone's mad enough or just bored, I guess, so it can just run around and uh, run you over with vehicles with no consequence. Right. So that's fun. Yeah, that makes it a lot more fun. It also makes it really easy to, like, you know, uh, tail a ghost and give him backup. Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Great move. Great move, stay three, away three. from your teammates yeah. when they're on vehicles. <laughs> this is the moral of the story. <laughs> All right. Well, for those of our listeners who don't like Halo, uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> just a little bit more. Uh, so, <laughs> so you've gotten through legendary mode, right? Yeah. Um, I was I was able in my recent free time to beat legendary mode single player. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was fun. I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit later. Okie doke. Teaser time. Time. But for those of you who don't know, that's why Jesse couldn't join us last week, because he was <laughs> knees deep in a, <laughs> in a legendary campaign. I'm like a Buddhist monk. Anytime a Halo game comes out, I like go up on top of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. I'm a generator. I don't think a lot of Buddhist monks employ generators, but right. some do. Yeah. You need some in kind of power sets. source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have the solar powered Xbox. That would uh, be kind of cool. It would be awesome. That would be a cool Not- mod. <laughs> not super practical in Seattle. <laughs> it works a couple months out of the year. Probably why it's never been created, because Microsoft <laughs> yeah. is here. Exactly. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, it's my dedication, and I'm going to dedicate this podcast to loyal listener. Uh, I happen to know firsthand that this person listens to the podcast every single week because she tells me about it, and that's my fiance, <laughs> Lydia. And we are to be wed a week from Saturday. That's what I was going to say. Not fiancé for long. Not fiancé for long. And I love her a lot, and I'm going to marry the hell out of her. <laughs> Good. So. You're done. Yeah. 
awesome. I'm very excited about the wedding. I got uh, I got all the beer squared away. Mm. There's going to be Land Jaeger. There's going to be what's, pretzels. What's Land Jaeger. Land is basically like a, a classy beef stick. It's like a. Oh, it's like I think. It's a is that that like mushy thing that looks disgusting? No, it's a it's a it's a beef stick. But it's like a slim jim, but it's oh. a <laughs> it's a it's a cured uh sausage. So okay. it's like a classy slim jim. It's the gentleman slim jim. It is. It's the gentleman slim jim. Uh, it's sponsored by Roddy Rowdy Piper. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Snap into a land Jaeger. Land yourself on a land Jaeger. <laughs> Uh, I guess it could just be a land yourself, a land Jaeger. Yeah, that'll work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we got the land Jaeger, we got the dance lights, we got the playlist. Uh, it's oh, gonna be dance lights. Yeah, yeah, very important. Dance lights Where are important. Where did you get those? Did you go to a party store? No, I went to Amazon.com. Oh, you bought them? Yeah, friend of the show, Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. So now you have yeah. dance lights. For life. Yeah, we actually talked about this on last week's podcast. If you were listening, uh, uh, because I was a little preoccupied. Yeah, I got. I did uh, listen. I liked it very much. Thank you very much to the Hex Nineteen guys. Yeah, Hex Nineteen enjoyed guys enjoyed it. Great job filling in. I got yeah. some party lights. So now we were talking about setting up a karaoke joint in my apartment, and right. I have the sound activated dance party lights, and all I need <laughs> is a karaoke machine. Yeah. So well, I'm sure you can get one on Amazon.com. You probably can. Friend of the show, Amazon. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I have, I have Amazon prime, right? So I'm like uh basically looking for any excuse to buy something with free shipping. (laughs) And I was looking up CO2 tanks (laughs) to see if I could buy a tank of carbon dioxide. What? Uh, no success. Yeah, that might be a little tough. And also I think the shipping on that's probably pretty expensive. Amazon prime though. If it was prime eligible, it would be free. I don't think it's going to be prime. That's like going to special truck. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that that's probably that's most eligible. Point. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, so uh, so this episode going out to uh, the future Mrs. Eric Lydia. <laughs> that is what I call her. Yes. She Mrs. will Eric. be changing her name to Eric Walkwitz when we are married. <laughs> uh, so oh, what? We lost? That is... That's a bummer. You lost. It's because you were doing too much Banshee, man. You, your, your team needs support. Um, I don't think I was the problem. <laughs> Katie spread? Uh, we'll find out in a second. All right. I'm waiting a bated breath. That reveals, that <laughs> reveals the truth. It really does. Uh, that's all I'm trying to do is get an even Katie spread. Um, yeah. I like your, your strategy. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you've been doing better. I have. I've also, I also have, I also have, uh, I, I, I've been employing a new strategy. I started it last night. Uh-huh. And basically, whenever I get in a firefight, all I do is say to myself, I'm good at this game. I'm good at this game. I'm good at this game. <laughs> and it works. It gives the me power confidence. power of positive thinking. It does. It gives me confidence. It lets. It keeps me focused on not on killing the guy as opposed to focus on not dying. Yeah, there you go. So I'm uh, trying a new strategy. You should also play. What I do is play... Don't play like you're Rambo. Mm-hmm. Play like you're a Green Beret or something. Do a yeah. lot of hiding. Yeah, that's that's what I did. That's what I started doing as well. Is Focus like more on surviving than killing. Surviving, uh, waiting for the shot. You know, mm-hmm. like, and and the 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 Promethean vision really helps with that actually. 
It lends yeah, itself to that style. I never of play. use that. If if you're doing the hiding, the Promethean vision definitely lends itself to that. Anyway, we're getting into this too much. Uh, I think it's time for a what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Let's do that. Uh, real quick, eleven kills, seven deaths, twelve assists. I'll hmm. take it. Eleven kills, huh? Yeah, but I only died seven times, and I got twelve assists. Mm, the old Seven Eleven. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's the end of Halo for me. Okay, so so what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a porter from work. Mm-hmm. I'm on a little bit of a budget. I feel like I've worked about two days in the last month. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just well, Halo I'm not did come anything out. Anything fancy. Mm. Just getting the freebie porter from work, which is quite good. Yeah, I'm drinking the. Uh, I'm trying the Jubilee this year. It's the. Ooh, I haven't had that yet. It's a winter seasonal from uh, from the shoots down in Oregon. Um, now, you guys always hated Jubilee. Am well, I wrong uh, in this? Here's the thing: it's one of those things. Like I used to hate Guinness right. because of my 21st birthday. I got yeah. too drunk on Guinness yeah. and had a negative association. It was the same with Jubilee. Oh. Jordy and I we got drunk and uh, we went to the corner store and they sold us uh, a case of. Jubilee when we were obviously obviously too drunk to continue purchasing alcohol but uh-huh. uh god bless them and <laughs> we, we t- took it back and had like a beer each and then passed out and we're super hungover the next day oh so you were like hungover just looking at that beer sitting exactly there, which is the worst way to look at beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, that's the story there okay well basically it's 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 super malty it kind of tastes like a super malty version of snowcap. Definitely a uh, portery type flavor and, mm-hmm. and chocolatey notes, but it's pretty damn good. I like it. I kind of like it when uh, it's kind of like what Slayer did last year, um, <laughs> in in that it uses the maltiness to like get that kind of cookie sweetness. You kind of get like that cookie frosting type flavor out of it, right? Um, and I think that's there are hints of that. In the, in the Jubilee this year. So, not too bad. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to try it. All right. Well, now it's time for the little tiny Matt roll-off. Are you ready, Jesse, or do I need to roll for you? No, I'm ready. Okay. So each I'm of on us- the uh, wizards.com D&D slash die slash dice.htm. Great job. Uh-huh. Friend of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, we're each going to roll 20-sided dice. See who gets to talk first on this week's podcast. And here we go. I rolled a 16, Eric. Oh, baby. 19. Oh, that's what I rolled on my practice roll. Aha! <laughs> that's great. Okay, 19. Um, so this week, uh, I got to do something that I was super happy about. Uh, Lydia's been working her tail off uh, on the wedding, and she also has crazy work right now because of Thanksgiving. So uh, I've had a lot of time to myself, and <laughs> so I went, to, uh, I went to go see James Bond by myself. Oh, yeah? And I was like, this is great. Like, I'm going to go, I, I really like going to see movies by myself. Uh, but I haven't done it in a super long time. The last movie I saw by myself was Grindhouse. Mm. Um, but I was like, this is great. I get to go, I get to sit by myself. You kind of like camp out. You get like, you know, you get like your three seats around you. And it's kind of nice. You can like spread out. C- didn't happen. Movie theater was <laughs> packed. In fact, another loner dude was sitting next to me. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Did you strike up conversation? No, he smelled weird. 
Ah, that's too bad. I would have loved it if, like, you started small talk. It turns out you're both super big James <laughs> Bond fans. And then you're like, hey, want to go to the Baronoff? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then you become best friends. Mm-hmm. And then you kick me off the podcast and, and kick- start doing a Bondcast <laughs> with him. <laughs> well, I think that's a, that sounds like a pretty fun scenario. Double O podcast. <laughs> we'll workshop the title. Yeah. I like the Bondcast. <laughs> um, but no. Hence, it did not happen. Um, but it was a packed theater, and so I now it's been two weeks since this movie's come out, uh-huh. and I think that it's time to do a spoiler-filled review of the James Bond movie, James Bond Twenty Three Skyfall. Are you okay with that? But I was gonna go see it in the movie. No, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> um, so you've if been you, warned, listeners. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm gonna spoil the shit out of it. So you can look on the podcast description, and it will tell you when the next topic is starting but for the next however many minutes we're going to be talking skyfall so um so this movie starts off uh it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the the classic bond walks in through the little gun barrel and then he shoots didn't have that at the beginning um it just opens up on it was cool they had the mgm logo at the beginning because mgm is now a defunct company but all the right. other James Bond movies are, are MGM movies. So it was good to, it's good to see that. Um, but so it opens up on a, basically a, a, a room that's been shot up. There's a double O agent who's been shot through the chest, shot through the heart, really. Um, who's I, to blame, Eric? I think you're to blame. Oh, okay. Um, got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, James Bond like finds these guys. He realizes there's a hard drive missing. And then there's like this big chase. Where they uh, they get on these like crappy uh, Kawasaki uh, dirt bikes and then are like going through Turkey and then they end up on a train. James Bond gets shot in the shoulder uh, mm-hmm. while he's in a in a in a bulldozer caterpillar thing and then he rips. Now tr- is that early? Yeah, it's like the first thing. Okay, because I saw that there's a. In the commercials, yeah. they show him getting shot and like falling off the train. I was like, "Wow, spoiler!" Well, see, this is a, that's the second time he gets shot. He gets shot twice. Oh. Wow! Basically, everybody gets shot in this movie. That's the first thing you need to know about Skyfall: is everyone gets shot. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty cool. I've always um, wanted to make if I was going to make a movie, the bad I want to make a movie where the bad guys never miss. <laughs> Like, they're all crack shots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would make it way more suspenseful. <laughs> it really would. Um, so, anyway, uh, so then they get on this train. They're on the train. They're fighting over the hard drive. And then uh, he's got he's got a lady with him. James Bond is a lady from MI6 with him. She's got a sniper shot. She's ready to she's ready to take him out, but there's no clear shot because they're, like, wrestling. And then they're nearing a tunnel. And M goes, take the shot. And then she shoots wrong. And she shoots Bond. And he falls off. Uh okay. He falls off into a river that he could never have survived, <laughs> especially after getting shot with like a 50 caliber bullet. Like the exit wound of that thing would have blown his entire back open. Yeah. Uh, and then he falls it like, looked like a Gallagher concert <laughs> right, on the exactly, other side of him. Exactly. And then he like falls like uh, 200 feet into a shallow river and then and then goes over a waterfall. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> whale. Whale. <laughs> And then, uh, and then the credits start, and it's got a great opening. Wow! Now the thing, so it's you know, it's a it's a good James Bond opening. It's a good you know, that's it's always action packed. It's always fun. And the thing that I really liked about this movie is that it 
tied Daniel Craig's Bond to all of the previous James Bond movies. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So it's, I think that when Casino Royale came out, people weren't sure, is this a reboot? Uh, is this a prequel? Like, what is this? Right. Um, and then Quantum of Solace came out, and everybody's like, what is this? Like, nobody <laughs> understood that movie. It had the weirdest title of any James Bond movie. It's like, <laughs> I don't understand anything that's happening. Uh, so I think with the, this third movie, they're like, well, we could make another Quantum of Solace, or we could actually just make a James Bond movie. Right. But incorporate the elements that made Casino Royale so good. Because every James Bond movie's got a, a very formalized structure. It's got a big chase action sequence at the beginning. Uh, he sleeps with three girls during the movie. The first girl is irrelevant. She's just a random person. The second girl is the bad girl. And then the third girl <laughs> is the good girl. Like, it's every single James Bond movie is like that. Mm-hmm. Um and there's always a weird animal death. Like, there's there's extravagant locations. There's a great villain. And they were like, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it in the style of Casino Royale. And, and I really think that they pull it off great, except for the first hour of the movie. <laughs> except for that. <laughs> yes. Because that was the problem. It needed time to gain its footing because it was a little weird. Because you were looking at... This you're expecting like a Casino Royale, which is really a Jason Bourne movie with James Bond in it, and then you're like getting this like a little more campy, a little more uh, classic James Bond. But you see this like new Daniel Craig in this James Bond. And you're like, I don't really understand it. Um, <laughs> he's having all this witty banter with one of the ladies, and you're like, I don't really understand this witty banter, and because uh, it's not really funny, it's just kind of weird and awkward. Uh, <laughs> Um, they have the new Q, who's great. Um, that was probably my favorite part, is when they introduced Q. Um, it kind of reminded me of uh, in uh, Live Free or Die Hard when Bruce Willis, like the whole thing about that movie was that like there's these new techno-terrorists and these brute force guys, why do we still need them? Because all we need are geeks on computers to fight these hackers, right? Right. And so there's kind of that moment between James Bond and Q in this, because Q is basically a, a computer geek. He's, he's, he's not the Q of old. Um, and th- that was a really great scene. And that was the first time when they kind of tied it back to the old James Bond films, because he gives him, uh, he gives him his gadget case, and it's basically a gun, that uh, a, Wal- a Walther PPK, that only Bond can shoot. And it has his hand imprint in it, so only he can shoot it. And then he gives him a little radio transmitter. And James Bond, like, this is it? And uh, Q goes, what are we expecting? An exploding pen? We don't really do that anymore. <laughs> so then all of a sudden we're back, right? Right. But the movie really does kind of drag. And then they do the weird animal death with Komodo dragons, which I thought was a little weird. Wait, cause... can you go back on the weird animal death? <laughs> well, there's always a weird animal death. There's like a shark tank or there's like... You oh, know, like get someone gets killed by so, an animal. Yeah, someone gets killed weirdly, like with a mm-hmm. weird gadget on a bobsled or something weird. Like that's a classic James Bond trope. Uh, in this one, there's a Komodo dragon death, which hmm. I was like, I understand what you're doing here, but it's weird because Komodo dragons don't sprint and like they also don't just eat people. Like I, I watched the Life series, like the Komodo dragons will like bite you. And then their poison will slowly kill you over three months, and they'll stalk you, and then they'll eat you. Oh. Well, yeah. did, is that what happened? Yeah, that's, that's what happened. That's why the first hour was so slow. <laughs> three months later. Yeah. 
Um, but it's Komodo dragons. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to tie it in with the old tropes. So it's you're you're balancing it. Um, anyway, James Bond goes to this casino. Uh, he uh, meets the first uh, the first lady, who's like a mm-hmm. real character that he has sex with. So you know she's Michelle the bad. Obama. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a lady that he saw in Shanghai. Um, but he uh, he meets this lady and then he has sex with her. So you know that she's the bad girl, right? And then she takes him to Javier Bardem, and that's when this movie decides, okay, we're going to be a good movie. It's about an hour <laughs> in when Javier Bardem shows up, a great, great Bond villain, excellent. Um, he shows up, he comes on an elevator, he tells a story about rats on an island. It's amazing, it's intriguing. Then he tries to like feel James Bond's balls because he's gay, but like in a creepy gay way. And then he. Uh, and then he's like, I, and then they have like a little thing and then they, like, <laughs> and then they go and then they shoot the bad girl. So she gets shot. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Javier Bardem's character is used to work for M. He's like, he's like the old James Bond, but he went rogue basically, mm-hmm. which is a great, great villain. It's always great to have like the, the, the polar opposite. It's a lot like 006 and Goldeneye. Um, right. and, uh, Long story short, he's trying to get uh, revenge against M. Then all the stuff happens. A train goes through. Uh, he, he makes a train get derailed in London and almost kills James Bond. Then he blows up Parliament. He, like, shoots up Parliament, which is really interesting. Um, and then uh, they're like, M, we got to get you off the grid because this guy knows what we're doing. He knows, he knows he's, like, a step ahead of us every step of the way. And so they go to James Bond's family estate in Scotland, which is called Skyfall. Oh, okay. And that's the movie. Um, mm. So they go there, and they're, and then uh, Javier Bardem's people come, and then, like, James Bond kills, like, they, like, booby-trap the house Home Alone style, which I really loved. <laughs> they do it with, it's like Home Alone style, but with, like, shotgun, like, shotgun uh, bullets and, and screws and stuff. <laughs> I would, I would love it if you found out that James Bond is actually Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like r slash fan theories. <laughs> Um, and you like meet it's like old, the old groundskeepers there, and he's like this old dude. He's cool. Um, so they booby trap the house, they kill a bunch of guys, they blow up a helicopter, and then at the very end, um, Javier Bardem's character finally catches up with M, and he shoots her. So it goes along with this trope. Everybody gets shot, and then uh, and then James Bond throws a knife. People throws a knife, which was also classic James Bond. Into the into the, his back, and he dies, and then M dies, and that's the end of the movie. There's one thing I've learned from uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, is that a throwing knife is the most lethal weapon in the world. <laughs> it is in this movie. It kills Javier Bardem like instantly. Yeah. yeah, this is what I've heard. I've learned from TV movies and video games is that a throwing knife will kill anyone <laughs> instantly, no matter what. <laughs> Even a graze. Yeah. Yeah, anything. Um but all in all, great movie. It does it does take a while to get into it. And then you realize later that the reason why they had this witty banter between him and the lady is because she's money penny. So that's the reveal there. Mm-hmm. And they always have this sexual tension. So he doesn't actually sleep with her because she's actually the good girl. But he doesn't sleep with her because you need sexual tension between him and Money Penny. Mm. Uh, that's so, the whole thing. Eric. Yeah. Do you do you think that they are? I mean, it's, they're kind of tying it back into the roots of mm-hmm. the franchise. Do you think they're doing that because 
that's the new direction that they want to take the films or they're doing it because it's the whatever 50th anniversary or well it's 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 one in the same i think because this is the most commercially successful james bond film ever mm-hmm. so i think that this is the way they'll be going in the future i think maybe our jason Bourne uh shaky camera era has kind of really if you look at, at, at movies in general it was kind of a i think it's kind of over Thank goodness. Yeah. I hate shaky movie. Yeah. Shaky camera movies. That's yeah. like I that's why like Cloverfield is the worst offender. <laughs> yeah. Cool premise yeah. and everything, but oh man, yeah. it's like nauseating to watch. Yeah. But and then at the very end of the movie, then he does a thing where he walks on in the gun barrel and shoots it and then there's a there's a uh there's a logo for Bond 50 that pops up at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So all in all, really good. And my favorite way that they tied this back to the original movies is with the Austin, uh, the Austin Martin DB5, right? Which is they need like a car that doesn't have a tracker in it. And all the government cars have trackers in them because uh-huh. Harvey Redem's a computer genius and he'll find out where they are. So he, uh, so he uh, is like, well, let's take my car, and he like goes to a garage and gets the Austin Martin DB5. And the coolest thing about it is that it has all of the gadgets. From, uh, was that, what was it, Goldfinger or is like the original, whatever the original movie it was that it popped up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has like the ejector seat and he like does a little gag with that, which is, I, I was like giddy when that happened. I was like laughing like a schoolgirl. And then, <laughs> uh, and then. What was the guy sitting next to you doing? He was eating. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> <laughs> smelling weird um and uh and then my favorite thing is that he uses the machine guns that are in the bumper against all of the bad guys which yep. i thought was like the coolest thing ever i was like you are using a classic james bond gadget from an old from one of the first james bond movies against these guys that is awesome like that is that was like the perfect moment of this film and i was uh i was cl- i was literally like clapping my hands like golf clap style because i don't want to look like a total idiot but that i was so happy when that happened well that's interesting now eric yes. i don't believe i have ever been to a movie by myself ever once mm-hmm. so i don't know i think you might be selling me on it it's so great it, dude it's really es- great especially for a movie that i would be all geeked up on but yeah. like tasha wouldn't want to go see necessarily yeah because that would maybe allow me even enjoy it more because I could just be a total weirdo for that hour and a half and then walk away with like, I don't know, (laughs) like a shame explosion in the background as I slowly (laughs) walk towards my car. Exactly. It's just like no big deal. Yeah. That's a, no one will ever know for the entire uh, second half of this movie. I had the biggest, stupidest grin on my face the entire time. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it, it is a movie that takes a while to get cooking, but once it's cooking, it's hot to trot, baby. Especially with a movie like this, something with so much history yeah. that, like, a casual fan isn't going to catch all the nuances, and yeah. you want to be able to, like, giggle like a schoolgirl yes. when they do something like that, and then you feel a little bit guilty if, like, you're with someone who doesn't understand yeah, and you you feel almost like obligated to explain <laughs> why it's so great. That never works exactly because they don't care that much, but you exactly. do. Yeah, 
If, like if there if there was a Venture Brothers motion picture, <laughs> yeah. I think I would have to go by myself. Yeah, I mean it's it, the experience was amazing. Uh, I literally did giggle when they when they used the machine guns from the old car. I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was great, and I would give this movie five stars. I think anybody should see it, and also go to a movie by yourself. It is fun. It is so much fun to go to a movie by yourself. I love it. All right. I, I think I've yacked about this enough. So, Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, um, this might end up being a little spoiler heavy. I was originally planning mm-hmm. not to, but I want to talk a little bit about the Halo 4 main storyline. All righty. Because I got a chance to play through it. I know you haven't. You pro- I'm not going to spoil it for your sake because I know you want to enjoy oh, it. Oh, don't worry about it, dude. I'm play- I, I play it for the experience. Like, well, this is like I I will I want I'm waiting to go through co-op with you guys because I want to have that time with you guys and it'll be fun. I'm yeah. not that into the story. I'm not going to get all freaked out about spoilers. Well, <laughs> it's good that you're not that into the story because uh-huh. I think that the Halo 4 storyline is probably the weakest element of this iteration of Halo 4. I think yep. it's kind of bad and boring and unnecessary. And huh. I find it very bizarre that they chose to go back to Master Chief. Hmm. Because I I think it was totally unnecessary. You're barely fighting yeah. the Covenant at all. Yeah. And it's kind of like the end of at the end of Halo 3, uh Master Chief kind of goes into hibernation. Well, he practically the, he practically dies at the end of Halo 3. He practically dies. <laughs> He's on this wrecked uh spaceship, the Ford Unto Dawn, yeah. and goes into a like a hibernation chamber and tells Cortana, who is his uh, artificial intelligence, essentially wake me up when you need me and goes to sleep. And everyone, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like that was a real nice uh, bookend to the Master Chief series. And I right. think that 343 Industries had a great opportunity to shift the story away from the kind of man with no name and literally man with no face, uh, Master Chief. and develop some more interesting characters that right. could be from like a newer generation of Spartans. And instead they decided to go back to Master Chief, which I don't think he's not a very compelling character. Well, I, he's I don't not, think he's a mystery man. I mean, he, he's got he's yeah. a one note guy. Yeah, he is the man with no name from the spaghetti westerns. Right. And I don't think I think people who are going to buy halo or gonna buy halo i don't think anyone would be like well there's no master chief i'm not gonna buy it i love the story of master chief well, and, and so much what, and halo reach wasn't about master chief exactly i think bungie yeah. had it right when they did halo reach and halo odst neither of the mm-hmm. last two were about uh master chief himself so i thought instead of instead of I'm not going to sit here and bitch and moan about the storyline. Right. I mean, it's fun. I think the gameplay is fun. I really enjoyed playing it solo on Legendary. It was a great challenge. Well, that, see, this. Uh, and can I just butt in real, yeah, real quick? Yeah, quick. In terms of characters, uh, like, I think Halo Reach was almost there. But right. in the co-op mission, you were still play, basically playing as four Master Chiefs. <laughs> like, they introduce all these new characters, like a, like a demolition guy and, like, yeah. Like a sniper, and like there's all these cool guys, but then when you if you play co-op four player, you're all playing as the same guy essentially. Like they should have done it Borderlands style, where you can specialize your co-op uh, character as you go through, or your your campaign character. I agree, that would have been really awesome, and I yeah. think they had a great opportunity here to introduce like 
building your own character because mm-hmm. they have all these like armor upgrades and well not upgrades but cosmetic armor differences yeah. and you can really change the appearance of your Spartan in multiplayer and it would right. be cool. I would love to see my Spartan. I know it in in the single player. I know it'd be hard with the cutscenes and stuff, but I think there would yeah, be workarounds. Hard. I think. Yeah, they yeah do exactly. But I thought instead of sitting here and uh, trash talking it, I thought that maybe you and I, what we could do is workshop okay. uh, some other storylines yeah. that maybe uh, they could use in Halo Five. If you're listening, three four three, we're available. <laughs> friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the sh- um, friend of the show. <laughs> question mark we shall see so my storyline that i i was thinking is like you play as this new class of spartans there's all these legendary spartans who are veterans from the original wars with the covenant but uh-huh. now you're the up-and-coming spartans and um i don't know whatever reason you're in a war again with the the Covenant or with the Prometheans, you could bring the new uh, villains into it. Can, can and I, can I? Is you, the flood in? Is the flood anywhere in this? Uh, it, spoiler alert! In my version? No, in in Halo Four. No, there's no flood. What? Yeah, no, I'm okay with it. I didn't. I never really loved the flood. They just basically run at you. A flood Promethean would be cool. Yeah, anyway. I think the Prometheans are entirely robotic, though. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, there's no real organic matter on them. Oh. So, um, you play as a, one of these younger Spartans, a rookie, and, uh, you know, there's trouble a brewing. So they send you to go onto the Ford, onto Dawn to find Master Chief and bring him back. Oh and my he's God. Missing. Oh my God. I love it. I love it already. And, and he's leaving like a series of clues. You're trying to track him down. He's doing his own thing. He's gone rogue. You're trying to track him down and you're like going, from battle to battle, just trying to follow the footsteps of Master Chief and find him. And then uh-huh. you could work in like some mystery into the story. Yeah, a like little Master like, Chief, like you, think he, like you think he's been kidnapped. Yeah, um, you don't know what. And, and that's the perfect thing. Like his his uh, the clues lead you to like a secured base of the Prometheans or something, right? Uh-huh. And so you're like, oh well, he's been kidnapped by the Prometheans, so now I have to go bust him out. Yeah, you know. And I, I think it would be a, a great opportunity to work in some, like, RPG elements, too. Maybe some neutral zones where you're not just getting shot at the whole time. Where you could, like, get more equipment and uh, maybe use some sort of currency that you're earning. And for God's sake, can we get some dialogue trees? <laughs> you love your dialogue trees, man. I do. I love it. And maybe work work in some, make it more of a Mass Effect. Work in some role-playing things. instead Because yeah. right now it's essentially a rail shooter, yeah. which... I don't know. Maybe that's what people want, but I think people are buying it primarily for multiplayer. Yeah, and 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 this is you know this is where it suffers. I mean, they're not gonna. I don't. I'm never gonna expect a great story out of Halo anymore because it's become such a multiplayer game. It's become a Call of Duty, right? You know, it was Call of Duty before Call of Duty came out, um, right? So yes, there's a campaign, but they're like, we're gonna focus on. The, the the character creation in, in multiplayer is much more robust <laughs> yeah. than the character creation in the campaign or the character development in the campaign. Uh, what a coup d'etat it would be if, like, everyone was anticipating this new Halo game because everyone wants to play the new multiplayer, and they nailed the multiplayer, but there was also this great single-player, 
like RPG style game attached <laughs> yeah. to it that turns out like everyone loves that too. Well, and I've kind of wondered this myself is like why can't they why can't they turn uh why can't they turn campaign into a multiplayer experience? Like if all you're doing in multiplayer is going from level to level and trying to kill the other team, uh, what what are you doing in campaign? You're going from <laughs> level to level and trying to kill the other team, right? Right. So why can't you like be in a campaign mode and then you can like play as NPCs or something, and then you like go in as a group. You go in as a group of like five guys on one side, and there's like twenty guys on another. But you're not you're not fighting against AI. You're fighting against real people. And then That'd you can keep playing that level over and over until you beat it, and then you move on to the next level. And the story, <laughs> like, moves that way. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And, yeah, and then it could, like, go to the cutscene, like, right. during, when when they're finding the next match. Uh-huh. Like, essentially during matchmaking is when they could do their storytelling. Yeah, and then DLC could make that story infinite. You don't have to wait around to find out what happens next to Master Chief or whoever, like, you could just have DLC that keeps on going on. New map packs are basically a new 10 levels or whatever. Right. And then you'd still have classic multiplayer, but you could play a campaign uh, through a multiplayer environment. I think that something like that might be cool. That'd be pretty interesting. So I, I have another storyline that I, I kind of want to workshop here. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of Halo 4... Um, there's this kind of military investigator who's uh, talking to Dr. Halsey, who she basically founded the Spartan program. And they're kind of accusing her of being unethical and kidnapping these uh, who are eventually Spartans as children and indoctrinating them and turning them into kind of sociopathic uh, killing machines. Yep. Which is basically what Master Chief is. So I, how cool would this be if, like, Dr. Halsey uh, is, like, declared a war criminal oh. by, by the UNSC. And uh, so she manages to escape, but she still commands the loyalty of these old veteran Spartans well, who are the, basically the badasses of the universe, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, she's – how about she's convicted of war crimes because they're in a peacetime, right? Right. And then – and then, so then she gets convicted of war crimes, and the Spartan the Spartan program was shut down, and then they get attacked. <laughs> well, huge, huge. Okay. Uh, the Covenant returns, and they start taking over the world. Okay, so I like that. So the Covenant attack, and you still play as a Spartan, but like while she's being tried and prosecuted for war crimes, like these old, like original. Yeah, Spartans yeah. bust her out because they're still loyal to her. They love her, and <laughs> they don't they don't like that they've decided what she did was war crimes because that right. essentially makes them like war criminals as well. Right. So now, now you're in a state of war, and where would a where would a Spartan feel safest? Probably in a combat zone. Right. That's what they're born to do. So you have to track down Halsey. God. You're not essentially trying to... You're not just, again, trying to kill the Covenant. You're trying to find Halsey and bring her to justice while the Spartans <laughs> are hiding her in these combat zones. And you have to oh. basically survive the battle and track down these Spartans and then beat these Spartans who are like super elite soldier veterans. Jeez. And then just to get to Halsey. And that's what you're tasked with. 
That sounds pretty cool. It would be dark. It, I, that's I, I very like dark. To see Halo. I think Halo is getting a little yeah. darker. Well, I also love the idea of like looking at it from the Spartan perspective, where like they are the best at killing the Covenant, and they're probably Earth's only hope, but they're also outlawed. So right. like you could play as a Spartan group that is trying to save the world, but you Ooh. have been outlawed. They're br- they're trying to bring the Spartans all in, like bring right. them to There's heal. There's like a small mercenary group. It's like the Expendables of <laughs> of Spartans, and but they're totally uh totally working like in sh- in the shadows because if anybody finds them out, then they're going to be tried and destroyed. I love it. They should totally bring Sylvester Stallone yes. in to write. <laughs> yes, just the dialogue. Just the dialogue trees. <laughs> hey, Cortana. Hey. Hey. We got to blow up that covenant. <laughs> We're going to blow it to bits. <laughs> Beach. All right. Anyway, well, I just, if- I would, I'd like to see him do a, I, I think Master Chief maybe is done and they're almost alluding to that at the end of halo 4 and um there's there's a big reveal at the end of halo 4 i don't want to spoil it but um basically if you play through on normal it and then you play through on legendary it's slightly the ending is slightly different when uh you play through on legendary and it you just get a little hint at the nature of master chief and where they might be taking the next the next game Ooh. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy playing this. All right, so listener, if you haven't realized, we love Halo Four, and <laughs> <laughs> or we love Halo in general. Um, but if you have any, if you have any scenarios, if you think you know where this uh, franchise should be going, please email us at personalargents at gmail dot com or hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, it's time for some trivia. What do you say, J Dog? I'm down. Okay, we're gonna be playing Genus One: A Trivial Pursuit. Um and uh, I'm gonna roll a six sided die to see which category we're doing this week. Uh, it's uh I don't want to do entertainment. <laughs> All right, uh, it is history. Jesse, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, this question is for you, listener. Please play along at home. What is the literary term for a play on words? Pun? A pun? I'm going to say a uh, skiddle-a-doo. <laughs> it's a pun. You got it. <laughs> that was a, apparently back in 1983, not everyone knew what a pun was. Yeah. <laughs> apparently they didn't live in the ironic society that we have now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. This was for me. What war was fought by the houses of York and Lancaster? I'm going to say the War of the Roses. I'm going to say um, a clash of kings. It's the War of the Roses, and we're all tied up. Jesse, this question is for you. Where on a cowboy's attire would you find jingle bobs? A heel, be on the... a heel chain and a rowel. On the boot? The boot. I'm going yeah. to say on, on the spur the spur oh all right jesse you need to steal well the tie. here we go what cathedral was thomas beckett murdered in it's yours right no it's yours i thought i needed to steal 
Yeah, you need. Oh, it's mine. Oh, I'm gonna say St. Paul's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Westminster Abbey. Okay, it is the Canterbury Cathedral. Oh, of course. Yeah, I always get those mixed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I won trivia this week, and I won the roll off, which means I won everything. And my second topic is starting right now. Now, Jesse, have you heard about the uh, Rihanna plane? The, you heard about this? No. So the singer Rihanna uh-huh. has uh, this is I think this is just wrapping up now. It's the seven 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 tour. Okay, they're flying. She got one hundred and fifty fans of journalists on a Boeing seven 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 for uh-huh. a seven day, seven country, seven concert tour, and it's called the seven 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 tour. Wow, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds, you know, originally it's, it sounds pretty cool. Like Rihanna's going to fly around the world with you. You start in Mexico City, then you go to Toronto, Stockholm, Paris, Berlin, London. Uh, it sounds like a, it sounds like an amazing time, right? I mean, this, you're going to be a rock star, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that's in seven days. Yeah, it's all in seven days. Oh my god. Uh, so then there was there was a, it started off with a frenzy drunken takeoff. They had Rihanna walking around the plane pouring champagne for people mm-hmm. um and everybody's like this is gonna be awesome we are rock stars this is great and then it turned into hell <laughs> wow who could have seen that coming that was the last time they saw rihanna on the tour <laughs> other what? than other than watching her from the crowd during the concerts she never emerged again <laughs> wow bizarre yeah. um there was a naked Australian running around. Uh, That'll happen. Yes. Uh, Sorry for that. <laughs> um, it it was uh it sounded great, but uh, it basically it basically devolved. Um, and so it's, and the thing is, it's full of journalists. So they're tweeting, they're they're posting videos all the time. It says a frequent complaint on the trip, some variation of "I want a glass of water so badly." But I guess I should be glad I don't because then I'd have to pee. It's hard to pee when you're trapped on a bus with no bathrooms for hours and hours because you don't know when you could board your plane. <laughs> and I, this is the uh, the journalist here, get the vitriol being directed to the press here. Uh, we are on a free trip to Europe with Rihanna and drink from the jet's copious ace supply. But if being upset that we couldn't work, drink water, or piss regularly makes us unprivileged dicks, I guess we're unprivileged dicks. Uh, yeah, this sounds nightmarish. Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like hell. And basically, people devolved into madness. <laughs> um, it turned into an H.P. Lovecraft story. People devolved into insanity. <laughs> so this, uh, you know. Uh, I think that this begs the the obvious question that if you uh, had to be trapped on a plane with a celebrity for seven days, seven tours, seven cities, who would that celebrity be and what would prevent, who would that celebrity have to be in order for you to be prevented from falling into complete and utter madness? Uh, so would the celebrity actually be there or would this be a situation? Because I, I feel like probably the worst part of this is you're on a you're on this tour with Rihanna fans. Yeah. And so, journalists. Music journalists. Right. So would the celebrity actually be there in this scenario or would it be like what actually happened and the celebrity dips? 
Well, I'm going to say it's the exact same scenario. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Rihanna is making a choice here. I think that she is choosing to oh, dip. Okay. That's a good point. So you want to pick a celebrity that's not going to do that, that's going to want to hang out and party with you. Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yes. Does he go on tour? Because I feel like he would be a delight. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Saul Goodman's... Uh... Saul yeah, Goodman's... for those of you who don't know, probably most well-known right now is Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. Right. But he he has a long, maybe like a Mr. <laughs> Show reunion tour with Bob Odenkirk and uh, David Cross. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that would be fine. I don't know. I've seen David Cross in interviews, and he seems like kind of a downer in real life. Eh, I don't know. Well, I guess I would find out. <laughs> But Bob Odenkirk is so positive. Yeah, Bob Bob Odenkirk, Saul Goodman's Cessna. (laughs) Yeah, that's he would he would have like a biplane though. You're flying you're flying the seven cities in the Midwest, (laughs) starting Fargo, moving down to Omaha, then rip roaring it up to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Shortly over in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, mm-hmm. and then the tour wraps up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. <laughs> Maybe, uh, although this would probably devolve, or not even devolve into madness. It might start as madness, but like, yeah, a Tim and Eric tour. Oh my god, that would that would immediately devolve into madness. I know it might be so mad. It's so crazy. It's good though. It would be like I feel like if you gave me the choice of being locked in a plane with Tim and Eric on a tour for seven days or doing acid for seven days straight. It would <laughs> be, it be both. It would be a toss up. No, you, that would be the end. That would be the end. <laughs> I would come out of it. as like a yogi or something. <laughs> like I get a higher level of consciousness. Yeah. You would just float around the room. Uh, well, what about uh, you? Well, uh, there's a couple there's a couple of these. So, first of all, I feel like an Ichiro plane might be the coolest thing ever. I don't know. I, I would I, I would it, love to see what Ichiro's day-to-day life is. He's a goofball, dude. He's a complete another goofball. He's not married, is he? He is married. Oh, he is married. Yes, he is married. But he's a goofball and uh and he uh I feel like go, going around Japan with him like a seven city Japanese tour, oh, you would yeah. be treated like a rock star wherever you went. <laughs> uh I think that I think that would be sweet. Uh if you're flying around, I don't know, the Midwest coast, I think see, this is the thing, like Conan O'Brien would be fun, but like I watched the Conan O'Brien tour documentary and I was like, I don't want to hang out with him in real life. Yeah, now there's a real downer. Yeah, he's a downer, man. I love they. I love how they have a scene in that movie where he just yells at his wife. Really? Yeah. He's like, like sincerely. Yeah, he's like in the middle of an interview, and he he like talks about how he's in the middle of an interview, sitting in his kitchen. He's talking about how his humor, how you can use humor to be biting with people. Uh-huh. And then his wife's in the back, and she's just like emptying the dishwasher or something. And he's like in the middle of this interview, and then he stops in the middle of the interview, and he goes, "Could you please be a little louder with those plates?" Mm. But it's like a very like real moment, and you're kind of like, "Oh, like mommy hit daddy," uh, yeah, because mommy is is crazy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I do feel like 
emptying the dishwasher is one of the most passive aggressive things that you <laughs> it can is. do. It is. It is. There's no way to quietly, uh, like, I, w- I would love to see the world's best ninja try and unload a dishwasher because it would still <laughs> sound like Tommy Lee on a drum set. There's no way yeah. to quietly unload a dishwasher. This is what, this is like the great things about, you know, about your spouse is that, uh, like, Lydia knows the exact mood that I'm in by how I'm emptying the dishwasher. <laughs> like, she can discern the exact mood that I'm in by, by how I empty the dishwasher. Uh, so, anyway, he just—he's very biting, and he's not very nice. Like the opening—the opening scene of the documentary is him like fake firing his assistant, and he's like, "Yeah, I put up with this shit all the time." It's just like the worst. Anyway, I don't know. I, I feel like Conan O'Brien has this weird like feel bad for me. Yeah, like feel bad complex. for me. I am a—I'm the son of a rich doctor, and and uh, and I went to Harvard, and I you know you got to feel bad for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I gotta say, if there's like one celebrity that I would want to hang out with, and I think would be fun, uh, for a long period of time, um, God, I can't think of anyone. I just can't. <laughs> I can't think of a single one. Maybe uh, the inventor of Legos. <laughs> yeah, the inventor of Legos would be fun. Not really a celebrity. Well, I was just thinking he Gabe. is in uh, Denmark. Yeah, I was just thinking Gabe and Tycho. Like, really, that would be it. Like, Gabe and Tycho on a plane would be the coolest uh, thing. They burn out fast, though. Why? They're always like they're destroyed by the end of packs. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like, what if there they, was like, like they both have the flu? They're yeah. like lament. <laughs> they're, they're like we're never doing this again. <laughs> they rebound quickly because two do. weeks later they're announcing a new pack. Right, like packs, pack. the fourth one this year. But well, imagine if they did something like Lollapalooza or like Warp Tour, where they were like, "We are going to have seven packs, seven days, seven cities." Oh my god, that would be that would be the best thing. Ever. How many people would follow that too? That would yeah. be insane. Follow the tour. And I love it, and it ends in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my dream. We're running right. a, we're running a little long, but if you have any ideas of who you'd like to be locked on a plane with, please email them to us, personalarrogance.gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360 We'll play it on the cast or find us on Facebook. Jesse, what's your second topic? Uh, Well, uh, I don't know if you heard the news or not, because the news is there's no news yet. Coming from NASA? Uh-huh. Um, oh, yes. He, yeah, the people in charge of the Curiosity rover uh-huh. have announced a statement that they say is going. The statement is that they've made a discovery right. that is going to be quote for the history books, right? And they won't announce it until early December because they want to make sure that it's scientifically accurate. Yeah, apparently they want to test and retest and stuff, but uh, they're going Scientist. to announce some history-making revelation. At the American Geophysical Union, yeah, um, that has something to do with soil samples taken by the Curiosity rover on Mars. Yeah, that that's gonna make history, and um, they're holding it back. Well, so there is speculation as to what this is, and the speculation is that they have found organic matter mm-hmm. on Mars. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that they found life on Mars? No. 
<laughs> but what it does mean, okay, so so life cannot cannot uh, sustain without organic matter. It's a pretty right. simple concept. Uh, the way you know we need organic matter in order to, for life to be created, basically. Now, organic matter can't exist, and there can be no life still. So well, define it, organic matter then. Organic is confusing. I I don't know I I can't give you like a really accurate description. This is just what I read. It's basically like, like carbon based. Yeah, stuff. it's like carbon based stuff, but it's not alive. Like just the precursors to life. Like I guess you would say like a tree, like a piece of tree bark. Oh, because like, a tree is totally alive. A tree is totally alive, but tree bark is not alive. Uh. Right. This is like a right. thing. That's that's the best. That's that's how my non scientific stupid mind can, <laughs> can 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 describe it. So they may have found, so it's like, kind of like, you know, like all, all squares are rectangles, but then all rectangles are squares. It's kind of right. like that scenario where like, they, all they probably. All life is organic, but not or, all organic yeah. matter is life. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of what they're speculating is that they found organic matter, which is still amazing. Yeah. Um, and they found evidence of water on Mars. Uh, Mars a long time ago was probably in the same zone that the Earth is in now. We're talking, Billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of years ago. It was in like the same, like every, all the planets in the solar system are slowly moving away from the sun. Right. So there's a good chance that there was once life on Mars. In that fairy tale zone. Right. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. It could be bigger than that, but I think that's what people are speculating. Yeah. I know. It's super exciting. I mean, and like... What's so crazy about it is, like, we have, like, the universe is so vast. There's so many billions, trillions of stars yeah. out there, each yep. of which can have their own solar system, and then each of which has the potential for life. And if we just, if we make it to the next planet over and are like, oh, yeah, there was totally life here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How crazy would that be? And we didn't even have to, we went to the next one and found something. <laughs> I know. I mean, it could be, it could be pretty groundbreaking. I mean. There's also very there's a lot of speculation that maybe some moons of Jupiter have life on them, right? Um, and and they've also found uh, they've also found life forms that are not that are neither uh, that are neither carbon nor silicon based. Um, well, that that was that old. That's why I'm getting so uh, defensive about this is because yeah. there was that was like a year and a half ago, maybe right. two years ago, they right. found that one that they thought were like arsenic based, right? But that turned out to be totally not accurate. Totally bogus. Oh, I thought. I'm sorry. Thanks for the follow up. Yeah, no, I I remember that because everyone got all jazzed up on it. Like our idea of carbon based life forms as we know it has changed. But it turns out that was just they were just carbon based life forms highly, uh, highly evolved to survive in the arsenic environments. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. we all. I there there was a stuff you should know podcast about basically panspermia the idea that there's life on the life on earth came from somewhere else in the universe and uh -huh. it's totally it turns out totally plausible uh-huh so i don't know maybe there was life on mars and then mars got hit by an asteroid and then that asteroid crashed on earth and that's where life comes from and it would be really cool to find out if the origin of humanity dates back <laughs> to a different planet how crazy would that yeah, be yeah i mean it's all mind blowing stuff it there's also speculation that they're going to announce that there are areas of Mars that you would be able to, like a human being could survive on. 
that might be it. Actually, that that's that seems more realistic. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, it, I'm I'm waiting. This is very very exciting. Like this is incredible. Um, and I love the Curiosity rover. I love Mars. And uh, I don't know. Do you remember back in the day when they had what was the what was that original rover called? It's like Pathfinder or something. Oh, what was it called? There. Oh, jeez. It was a. Uh, well, oh, I have to look it up. <laughs> I know. This is killing me. Um, but but back in the day, like when that happened, like do you remember they then all those Mars movies came out? There's like Mission to Mars, and then like there's another Mars. There's another Mars movie as well. Um, people are going crazy about Mars, and I would I would love it if people got crazy about Mars again. Yeah, uh, makers of fine candy bars. I would love it if the Mars uh manufacturing plant relocated to to actual mars uh-huh yeah a uh, spirit <laughs> and opportunity spirit and opportunity i know that i knew that back in my brain because that's what bringing it back to venture brothers that's what uh, dr thaddeus venture calls his testicles <laughs> <laughs> but also uh, back in 1997 the mars pathfinder rover was there so i was right as well oh yeah oh that's the original yeah the og baby Oh, that was the name of the mission. Yes. Pathfinder. Also name of the um, spiritual successor to D&D 3.5. Also the name of a terrible movie about Vikings and Native Americans. <laughs> Did you see it? No, I didn't. All uh, accounts terrible, though. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm very excited about this. I'm, I, I'm really excited about this Mars news, and I hopefully, hopefully we get it soon, and it's as groundbreaking as we all hope it is and not something that's... I just don't like the tease. It's it's very teasy, but at the I same time, I think they should have kept it to themselves. Yeah, and uh, they're basically saying like, "We know something you don't know." Blah 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 blah. We well, are scientists. Well, it's like it's like when a when a video game company's like, "This movie's coming out March 3rd. and they're like, "We lied. It's coming out March 7th. Well, we lied. It's coming out June. It's coming out for Christmas. <laughs> they keep pushing back the knowledge. Right. <laughs> keep pushing it back. <laughs> Turns out we need to do more testing. Ugh! Yeah. We need to QA this. What are the chances we remember that this is happening by the time they announce it, though? Because we live in, like, the 24-hour news cycle well, now. Well, this is what they need to start doing, is doing trailers for announcements. <laughs> so, like, maybe some, like, peak, sneak peeks, like, coming December 4th <laughs> to a theater near you. They could, they, could, uh, they, could, they could sell movie tickets. They could broadcast it in theaters. Oh, it'd be like the old days where you go yeah. watch the mo- the news at the movie theater and see how the war was going. Yeah, the trailers are going to have that old-timey news voice. Yeah. <laughs> they start saying from Mars. In a world. Uh, In a world with no atmosphere. <laughs> who can survive? You. You. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. But we need. I think we need to move on. Yeah, okay let's move on. So we talked about it uh, a lot. The show. Go to Venus. Oh, that's not what you meant. Oh, that's not what I meant. Uh, we talked about it a lot the show, but please get in touch with us, guys. Uh, you can always, like I said, email us personalarrogance.com. You can find us on Facebook. There's a bald move Facebook page. There's also the uh, the personal arrogance Facebook page. You can always, uh, I, I really need to hype up uh, The Watching Dead. It's happening right now. Uh, it's great. Right. The Fiesta episode was hilarious. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um and, uh, and please give us a phone call, too, 360 You can follow us on Twitter, at Personal Podcast, or you can rate and view us on iTunes. 
Uh, I do want to give a, a small but hearty shout-out to Tony Blaze Serrano II for liking us on Facebook. We like you a lot, Tony. Probably too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with that, I think it's time to do some recommendations. Call it a cast. What do you say? All right. I say you won the little time at roll-off, so it's up to you. All right. My first record this week is going to be Card Kingdom and Cafe Mox. We have, uh, we have... Oh, yeah. Recommended them a bunch, but if you are in the Seattle area and you listen to this podcast and you're one of the people who are like, you guys always talk about board games and I don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, and then we gave you some board game recommendations, but you're like, these board games are expensive. Go to the Card Kingdom, uh, Facebook fan page. They have a coupon on there that you can get 40% off of any board game this Friday here in Seattle. This is the best game store in Seattle, hands down. Um, so any time of the year, please go to Card Kingdom or Cafe Mox. But especially if you live in Seattle, get the coupon. Go there. Buy a board game that we've recommended. Get Small World. Get Citadels. Get Arkham Horror. Get whatever you want. Um, and if, you, if you're trying to play it, you can't figure out the rules, let us know, and we'll walk you through it. Uh, but go to Card Kingdom. It's awesome. Um, and then if you're also just looking for Magic Cards in general, CardKingdom.com is the best place to build your decks online. We don't get That's any money. It. We don't give it any money from these guys. We just give them money, and we love them. And this is just from the heart, Card Kingdom and Cafe Mox. That's an insane deal, 40% off. It is an insane deal, and I think I'm going to get Twilight Imperium. You should do it, man. Like, really? You should really do it. I wish I could... I can't. I I wish I could go... I want... Oh, man, I'm so conflicted. I really want to buy Arkham. Oh, really? Yeah. I want to have my own copy. I don't have a copy of it. Yeah, I mean, you you could... Basically, get Arkham for like twenty five bucks now. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's it'd crazy. probably be closer to like thirty five, but yeah, it's. I think it's like fifteen to start. But, but I want, I yeah, want it, but yeah. I getting over there, getting there and back yeah. would cost me the other forty percent. Exactly. But it, like Twilight Imperium, this is a perfect opportunity to buy an expensive game like Twilight Imperium or Descent. Uh, yeah, those. I mean, those bid box fantasy flight games, those are $100 games. You can knock that down to $60. That's yeah. crazy. I I think you're going to need to get there early for those, though. So I'm going to be I, waiting. I bet they have a huge back stock right yeah. now. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so that's my first record. What's your, what's your first record? Um, well, my first recommendation is Star Wars Angry Birds. The newest iteration of Angry Birds is Star Wars flavored, and it is way more fun than original Angry Birds. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like the main bird is a little Luke Skywalker, and uh, you fly him through the air, right? But when you tap him, he swings a lightsaber to like what? cut through objects. I love it. And then like Han, Han Solo, like you tap and he fires like three blasts from his blaster. What? It's, yeah, it's it's fun. It's, cool, it's my favorite Angry Birds I've played, definitely. And the cool thing about it is that you can get it by buying it, or you can earn it through Angry Birds Space. Did you you know can that? earn it? Yeah, you can earn it. Crazy. Yeah. You, like, you collect three stars per level um, through Angry Birds Space, and you get Star Wars for free. If you get three stars on every level? Yeah. That's that's tough. It is super tough, but you can I still earn it. it. You can still <laughs> earn it. All right, my recommendation this week is if you are buying a keg, and I just bought a bunch of kegs for my wedding. If you are buying a keg, buy kegs directly from the brewery. This is the way to do it, people. Yeah, like, there's definitely going to be markup if you go anywhere else. Huge markup. Like, we're talking 30% markup. Uh, right. Between well, a- just bring them that coupon and you get 40% <laughs> off. Exactly. 
It works anywhere in Seattle. But just in general, like, if you're going out, if you're getting a keg for a party or something, find your local breweries in your area. Support your local breweries. And go and get your keg from there. It's cheaper. Um, and it's the way to do it. So that's yeah. my reco. It's I a couldn't agree reco. more. All right. What's your sec- <laughs> what's your I could not agree more. Um, so my final recommendation is actually, I need you to recommend something for me, listeners. I'm using a Android-powered device right now, the Kindle Fire, and I need a good Android-based podcast aggregator. Mm-hmm. And I've been using this, like, I don't know, cafe pod or whatever. It has a picture of, like, a coffee cup with headphones on it. And it's okay, but it's not great. So I need a good Android-based podcast app that I can get for my Kindle Fire and get my podcast on. Do it, baby. So, uh, yeah, write us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. All right, that's it. Thanks for letting us gab at you for another hour, Jesse. I'm so happy to have you back. I'm uh, happy to be back, man. Ugh. <laughs> I'll say, I'll it's see been you. a hell of a week. Yeah, I know, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll see you next week for the wedding. Oh, yeah. Holy, yeah. holy, holy smokes. That's coming up quickly. Holy smokes. And uh, Gotta get my best man speech. I'll polish up. There you go. Um, I've had it ready for like eight months, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. So uh, so that's it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. And always remember that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. Feels good to say that again. <laughs>